Chapter Eleven of the Girls of Saint Wode's. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gabby Cowan. The Girls of Saint Wode's by L. T. Mead. Chapter Eleven. Saint Wode's College. There were several women's colleges at Winfield, but the largest and the best known, and the most important, was St. Wode's. It stood in its own spacious grounds, and consisted of four large buildings, which were called respectively the North, the South, the East, and the West Halls. There was also an extensive library standing a little back from the halls of residence, a great gymnasium, and another building devoted entirely to class and lecture rooms. Endless money had been spent upon St. Wode's College, which now ranked as one of the largest and most important colleges for women in the whole of England. It numbered from three or four hundred students, but the place was so popular, the system on which everything was worked was so admirable, that girls who wished to go to St. Wode's had as a rule to put down their names a couple of years in advance. It so happened, however, that there was a vacancy for two sisters at West Hall and owing to the breaking down of a highly nervous student who had worked too hard for classical honours there was also a vacancy in the north hall north hall was the house of residence where belle Aikson carried on her vagaries and pleased herself with the idea that she was one of the cleverest and most distinguished girls in college she owned to a qualm of disgust however when she learned that Letitia was to be under the same roof as her, having a thorough scorn for that young lady, but as she was allowed no choice in the matter, she felt that there was nothing for it but to submit to the inevitable. Mr. Parker had himself visited St. Wode's College, had seen the principal, Miss Lunderley, and had pleaded the cause of Leslie Gilroy with such passion and effect that special arrangements had been made in her favour, and she was admitted to the same hall as Marjorie and Elaine. For the first term she must share a large room with another girl, but that was a trifling matter to Leslie, who now, that things were thoroughly arranged, wished to start on her new career without a moment's delay as she had already passed the london matriculation there was no difficulty about her admission as soon as a room could be found for her this being arranged she was able to go to st wode's at the beginning of the trinity term it so happened therefore that letitia elaine and marjorie and leslie gilroy all found themselves on a certain afternoon in the same cab driving to St. Wode's from the railway station, a mile and a half distant. The girls' luggage was to follow them, and as there happened to be a place in the cab for a fourth, and Leslie was standing, looking just a little forlorn on the platform, 
marjorie went up to her and suggested that they should all go together for i know you are a sane woods girl she said how could you possibly guess that replied leslie looking with admiration at marjorie whose plain dress could never take away from the charm of her handsome face there was really no mystery about it said marjorie after a pause i am not a magician but i happened to see the name of saint woods on that basket trunk a minute or two ago will you come with us i shall be only too delighted was the reply i was feeling quite lost and strange it would be nice to go to college in company is this your first term she added as she seated herself in the cab yes yes we are all freshers replied Letty. we shall all have a most unenviable position that i can foretell there is a certain miss Aikson who resides in north hall who has told us of some of the discomforts and for my part if i had not promised oh hush please Letty, don't say any more said eileen you need not to begin by frightening miss gilroy you look miss gilroy as if you intended to have a good time leslie did not reply except with her eyes which were smiling she was looking her best dressed neatly and suitably with her white sailor hat making an effective contrast to the meshes of her bright golden hair well i do wonder how everything will turn out said eileen by the way miss gilroy you did not tell us which hall you were going to i believe i am to share a room with another student at north hall she answered then she continued the smiles which she could not suppress from visiting her eyes is not the whole scheme delightful i do wonder what the other students will be like and what the tutors will be like continued marjorie eagerly there are two resident tutors in each house and also a vice-principal miss lauderley is of course the principal over the entire college i expect i shall be somewhat afraid of her i don't intend to be afraid of anyone said eileen when one makes up one's mind to lead a really useful life surely a small matter such as little nervousness ought not to count leslie gazed hard at eileen as if she would read her through marjorie bent suddenly forward and laid her hand on leslie's knee would you tell me something she asked earnestly are you coming to st woods to be a useful member of society or a learned or an ornamental one i have not thought of it in that light said leslie i want to go in for learning of course as to being ornamental i have no time to think about that and useful will i hope that learned and useful will in my case go together i have a great deal to do during the three years which are before me a delightful three years i have no doubt they will prove what special subjects do you mean to take up miss chetwind is my name said eileen but i hope you won't call me it i am sure we shall be friends more particularly as we are to start our new life in the same hall oh i shall have much to tell you by and by letty why is that frown between your brows 
i did not know that i was frowning answered letitia i was only thinking of the ornamental part of life and how i could carry it out most effectively letitia was dressed with special care not unsuitably for she had too good taste for that but so daintily so exquisitely with such a careful eye to the smallest details that marjorie and eileen looked rough and gauche before her their serge skirts had been made by a work girl as nothing would induce them to waste money on a dressmaker the work girl had been discovered by eileen in fox buildings she had a lame knee and a sick brother and eileen seized upon her at once as a suitable person for the job as she expressed it finally she was given most of the girl's outfits to undertake she worked neatly but had not the slightest idea of fitting with numberless blouses however and a couple of serge skirts and a sailor hats though cheap at least looking clean the girls passed muster and were totally indifferent to their own appearance when once we have plunged into our new work we shall be as happy as the day is long said eileen i wonder if belle arrived yesterday or to-day i sincerely trust she won't come till to-morrow said letitia with a shudder i do not know for what sin i am doomed to reside under the same roof with that terrible girl a terrible girl who can she be asked leslie you will know for yourself before you have been many days at st wode's was letty's enigmatical reply oh and here we are turning in at the gates my heart does go pit-a-pat leslie's face also became suffused with pink as the cabman drew up at the large wooden gates which were presently opened by a neatly dressed young woman who lived at the lodge just within the grounds were three-quarters of a mile in length and the four holes built round a quadrangle stood in the middle there was a wide and smoothly kept grass lawn in front of the holes and a gravel sweep going right round them the calf presently delivered up its four occupants and eileen marjorie and leslie found themselves in a small waiting-room inside west hall where they were to remain until the housekeeper could arrive to take them to their several rooms they had not to wait long a cheery young woman of about seven-and-twenty presently made her appearance asked them their names told them that their trunks would be brought to their rooms as soon as ever they arrived and then requested them to follow her she tripped up some wide stone stairs destitute of carpets and then down a corridor slippery with parquetry work the next moment she had flung open a door and revealed a good-sized room which was occupied by another girl at the farther end who wore a shock of red hair rather untidily put up in a loose knot at the back of her head miss colchester i see you have arrived said miss payne the housekeeper this is your room fellow may i introduce you to miss leslie gilroy pray come in miss gilroy you are heartily welcome said miss colchester jumping up coming forward and gazing hard at leslie 
she then extended an awkward hand i am glad to see you she said i hope you don't mind the room being in disorder i have only just begun to unpack and everything is helter-skelter i was never tidy no never i begin to think i like things helter-skelter oh i don't mind of course answered leslie but her heart sank in her mother's small house the motto impressed upon each child was the old-fashioned one a place for everything and everything in its place i suppose i shall have one side of the room to myself she continued marjorie and eileen had been left on the landing they overheard leslie's last somewhat despairing words glanced at one another and smiled they were then conducted to the rooms at the farther end of the corridor this is your room miss eileen said miss payne miss marjorie has an exact counterpart at the other side of the corridor behind this screen you will keep your washed hand stand this sofa forms your bed at night this chest of drawers is for your linen and the bodies of your dresses behind this curtain you will hang your skirts here is your writing-table it remains with yourself to make your room pretty and neat or the reverse you may buy any ornaments in the way of pictures or anything else you fancy when you touch this handle you turn on the electric light would you care for a fire here are coal and wood for the purpose and i will send in a servant to light it at once if you wish no thank you it is quite a warm evening replied eileen is marjorie's room just the same precisely but i think you have the prettier view oh how lovely exclaimed eileen do look marjorie there is that great park in the distance and the river down there oh please she turned to speak to miss payne but miss payne had already vanished well we are landed at last she said clasping her sister's hand does it not seem almost too delightful splendid cried marjorie do you know eileen i have taken a fancy to that pretty miss gilroy so have i answered marjorie but i expect she will have a bad time poor dear with miss colchester anyone can see miss gilroy is of the orderly sort now i don't care a bit about having things in perfect order but marjorie said eileen i have been reading up about that lately and i think you and i ought to cultivate order very assiduously if we mean to be really useful women oh by the way our hair is beginning to grow we must find a barber to-morrow in order to reduce our crops to the right length an inch and a half being the length permitted said marjorie with a smile i am curious to see poor old belle letty will have awful tales to tell of her well this life is interesting is it not eileen End of chapter 11 Recorded by Gabby Cowan